Welcome to this episode of Sunday Reprise, where we bring the church to you and deliver nothing but the truth. Brought to you by Maranatha Family Church International Ministries in Davao City, Philippines. We hope this message will bless you. Let's go. Okay, so now uh, we will continue with our series on famines in the Bible. We are now in uh, part 7. Famine in the time of Elisha. Okay, so famine in the time of Elisha. So during the famine in the time of Elisha, okay, uh, we, we have three parts, uh, around uh, three passages to read, and we will see the response of the widow and, okay, the, the opposite, which is the reaction of the king towards the prophet. Elisha, okay? I mean, you know, a prophet, you know, gives prophecy. We know that, okay? It's very simple. And we understand that prophecy does not originate from men, but from God. So it is God who gives the message to his prophet so that the prophets will relay it, okay? Will announce it to the people. Um, And so uh, that is why it's very important You see, today we're going to learn, and you will have to check your hearts, okay? Check your motive. What is your response or reaction? What is your attitude towards prophecy? Because you see, uh, prophets say, oh, there's going to be a famine, okay? I mean, referring to to the time of Elisha. So, uh, when when the, you know, Elijah, before this was, uh, I, mean, I think David, uh, what was the last <laughs> episode? Elijah. I forgot. Elijah, right? Uh, we also discussed during the time of David, uh, famines during the time of David. So, thing is that uh, different people have different response or reaction to prophecy. And today, you will be challenged, okay? So, not just that we will see the reaction of the, uh, the, res- the, reaction of the king versus the response of the, the woman or the widow, but the last part of this message will deal with our attitude towards prophecy. Okay, so let's, uh, let's do that, all right? Um, 2 Kings chapter 4, verse 38 says, Elisha returned to Gilgal, and there was a famine. Okay, there was a famine in that region. While the company of the prophets was meeting with him, he said to his servant, Put on the large pot and cook some stew for this prophet. So you see, Elisha, during the time of famine you know they, they they were they didn't panic okay they they were not uh, worried about you know the famine uh even uh, the, i mean you see uh he invited prophets you know they they had this meeting and uh, also uh, you see elisha fed all the visitors <laughs> okay now Let's just jump to verse 42 for the, the sake of time. 
Now there was a man came from Balshalisha, bringing the man of God twenty loaves of barley bread baked from the first ripe grain, along with some heads of new grain. Uh, but Elisha said, "Give it to the people to eat." Okay, to his visitors. So, verse 43, how can I set this before a hundred men? So, you see, they, they had uh, one, a hundred vit- visitors, uh, which are prophets. So, the servant said, how can I, you know, how can I set this before a hundred men? Since, the, you know, what he has was 20 loaves of barley bread baked from, what, uh, the first ripe grain. So, thing is uh there's too little to feed that many people okay so, uh, okay but uh, elisha answered give it to the people to eat for this is what the lord says they will eat and have some left over <laughs> verse 44 then he set it before them and they ate and had some left over according to the word of the Lord. You see the level of trust, the level of faith prophets prophets have to the Lord. Well, uh, you see uh, if if God can do that, God can do that again. Amen. You know, uh, so therefore uh, we see from this story that uh, God is in control whether uh, in times of famine or not. Uh, God is still there. In fact, we can see more miracles when there is a crisis, right? Because uh, sometimes it, you know, only a miracle, okay? Only God can, it, we can be in a situation where only God is able to save us and rescue us or provide for us. So that is going to be a miracle and it will bring back glory and honor and praises to the Lord our God, who is our provider, Jehovah Jireh, right? Amen. So, so the lessons, uh, what is the lesson that we can learn from this? So these prophets never had to worry about anything. You know, they just, you know, they gathered and God will provide, okay? So God provided for his people through the time of famine because God is faithful uh, and from the story, he fed his servants. Uh, and also, we read that uh, God sent someone to bring something, some, some food, no matter how little, okay, how small, uh, uh, compared to the number of people who were hungry <laughs> to have some of the food that was brought. But you see, God can multiply. Wow. He did not only do it once, not just in the Old Testament, but even in the New Testament through, uh, during the time of Jesus. Well, well, can God do this today? Of course. Nothing is impossible with Him. That's why uh, was it last time that we read uh, God does not uh, let His people uh, go hungry. You know, there is a verse, you know, but the thing is, you have to follow him, love him, and live a life pleasing to him. So this is what we call, in short, we call it favor from God. 
And uh, by the way, uh, today in church, uh, second service, we're, uh, we're going to give uh, testimonies, okay, how God has shown favor uh, to our family just recently. So we have two to three testimonies to tell later. So we're not going to spill it. Uh, we're not going to spill the beans today, uh, later. Okay, so y- you've got to be there in our physical meeting. <laughs> but uh, we want to give praise and glory to God. He is good. So why worry? You know, whatever happens in the future, we know we don't need to worry about it. Remember that. Remember that if you are right with God, you have confidence, okay, that He is with you and ask and you shall what? Receive. That's what the Bible says, okay? Seek and you shall find. Knock and the door will be what? It will be opened for you. So this, you know, that is so simple. That is so simple that if you apply it, okay, you will realize that you we are limited, and and in in many areas we are we don't qualify. We're not the smartest people, <laughs> but we cannot limit God, who can use us, and if He will use us, if God called Gideon in the Bible. You know, if God can use such a person, an ordinary person, to lead an army and lead Israel to victory, to, de- uh, to deliverance, you know what? Only God can do that. Okay? Thank you, Sutard. Only God can do that. So the point is this. Uh, we have to trust God. Okay? What? Whatever happens in our world, <laughs> you need to be on his side. Because you know what? No matter what happens, we know the end already. Okay, so let's uh, keep going. In fact, I'm so blessed. You know, this is not part of the topic. But let me just read to you Second Kings 5.15. You know, this is about Naaman. You know, the, the one of the army uh, uh, commanding officer in the army of the... of. What group? Aram or what? Um, what? Whatever. So anyway, Naaman, verse 15 says, Then Naaman and all his attendants went back to the man of God, to Elisha. You know why? Because he got healed after dipping in the river seven times. So th- this is something uh, you cannot explain by science. That is how God works. It's beyond what men can do. That is who God is. That is the God of Israel. Okay? Now, so Naaman, who got healed with his attendants, went back to Elisha. He stood before him and said, Now I know that there is no God in all the world except in Israel. Wow! That is a powerful statement since he, he, he experienced this miracle, this healing. So, Naaman recognized that there is no God in all the world, not just in all in their area or what, you know, in all the world except in Israel. Remember that. There's no other God. He is the true and living the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. So he said, so please accept a gift from your servant. So you can read the story. That's in 2 Kings chapter 5. Um, uh, from a person 
who is not an Israelite, uh, received a miracle and then believed in the God of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. So, guys, uh, that's it, okay? Uh, wow. All right, so what a faith, right? So, 2 Kings chapter 6, 24. Verse 24, sometime later, Ben-Hadad, king of Aram, okay, mobilized his entire army and marched up and laid siege to Samaria. Okay, there was a great, what again? There was a great famine in the city. The siege lasted so long that a donkey's head sold for 80 shekels of silver and a quarter of cub of seed pods. That's the, what we call today a seedling media, where you plant the seedling. Uh, for five shekels, meaning to say, everything went up. I mean, uh, there was an inflation. <laughs> the prices went up. Why? Because th th there is a short of supply. Because of, of the war, a military blockage or what we call a siege, okay? an army siege, so now people cannot uh, travel, you know, they cannot transport, they cannot uh, do this uh, business as usual. So they're trapped inside. So everything uh, was uh, got, uh, I mean, the prices went up. Now, verse 26 says, And as the king of Israel was passing by on the wall, a woman cried to him, Help me, my lord, the king. The king replied, If the lord does not help you, where can I get help for you from the threshing floor from the wine press then the king asked her what's the matter she answered the woman said to me give up your son so we may eat him today tomorrow we will eat my son so we cooked my son and ate him the next day i said to her give up your son so we may eat him but she had hidden him when the king heard the woman's words, he tore his robes as he went along the wall. And, I mean, the people looked and they saw that under his robes, he had sackcloth on his body. He said, may God deal with me, be it ever so severely, if the head of Elisha, son of Shapath, remains on his shoulders today. Look. What did Elisha do against the king or against the people? Nothing. Okay? So, the thing is, the, the king blamed Elisha for the famine. That's why it ended up that, uh, you know, uh, this uh, woman, uh, I mean, some of them uh, eating their own flesh and blood. So... Uh, so you see, the, the famine plus the military siege led to a severe starvation. Okay, the, of course, uh, the other one is man-made. Le led to severe starvation uh, that led to cannibalism, okay, or, or eating the flesh of your own kind. And this, this is really severe <laughs> because uh, um, we cannot imagine that it could happen in our days where but you see uh i think i there there were movies about this you know people were uh 
in the ocean and there there's no place to go and they you know but anyway it's let's not talk about that <laughs> but the king blamed it blamed all the problem to the man of god the prophet elisha you see this is this is not good uh you see uh if you recognize that there is a god if you are the king you should you should seek the face of god you see there are people like this when they are facing a severe trial no i'm not pertaining to famine only i'm pertaining to different types of trial in their lives you know instead of uh, seeking god instead of humbling them themselves before god instead of repenting for the uh, uh, for their sins instead of saying god what can i do instead of seeking the wisdom of god they blame god that is not a good thing if there is someone you should not offend okay that is the lord it's stupidity to you know it's a stupid thing to to offend god okay it is a wisdom to please god to love god to honor god you know uh, look at the life of job you know he, he there's not a trial like uh, like what job you know uh, went through or like abraham but you see they never questioned god they love god but israel during the exodus you know they complained in the desert they complained uh, lord can i mean can god provide for us in the desert etc etc so you see how rebellious their hearts were you know did god allow this uh, you know the lack of food uh, yeah sometimes uh, you know there were times lack of water they have nothing to drink to hydrate themselves but the thing is this god is monitoring their hearts today he is still monitoring our hearts okay what will you do how will you react how will you respond to your trials or to famine or to the word of god you see god is monitoring our hearts so be careful my friend your uh, concerning your attitude towards god's word toward towards god's prophecy because you know what if you treat god's word with contempt you will be in trouble my friend because that is a direct uh, disrespect i mean we cannot be disrespectful before god and look at this king Okay, the king blamed Elisha. But we know that it was not the work of Elisha, the famine, the, the war. Okay, God is a God of retribution. He knows what he is allowing and he has a purpose. So it's none of our business. But we trust God that he, he, that he is just. So when he allows something, there is something to deal with. Uh um so the the right move for the king should be repent okay just like in the in Nineveh when Jonah told the people in 40 days the city will be you know destroyed or turned over unless you repent etc etc but you see the people responded 
Okay, the people responded. That should be the attitude of the king. But instead, he blamed the man of God. Now, the man of God is only a representative representing God to the people. So, attacking the man of God is attacking God himself. Okay? Attacking the ambassador is attacking the country who sent the ambassador. In the same manner, this is the kind of attitude the king okay, showed uh, in this uh, uh, narrative that we just read. Okay? So, don't be like that. Okay? Don't be like that. Don't be disrespectful to God. Okay? Because God is God. No one can defeat Him. No one, I tell you. No one can. Okay? Last, last part of the story uh, concerning the family time of Elisha. Okay? Second Kings chapter 8. Um, okay, verse 1. Now Elisha had said to the woman whose son he had restored to life, Go away, okay, with your family and stay for a while wherever you can. Because the Lord has decreed a famine in the land that will last for, uh, that will last seven years. The woman proceeded to do as the man of God said. She and her family went away and stayed in the land of the Philistines seven years. Okay, so the woman obeyed the word of the, of the prophet. Verse 3 says, At the end of the seven years she came back from the land of the Philistines and went to appeal to the king for her house and land. The king was talking to Gehazi, a servant of the man of God, and he said, Tell me about the great things Elisha had done. Just as Gehazi was telling the king how Elisha had restored the dead to life, the woman whose son Elisha had brought back to life came to appeal to the king for house and land. Gehazi said, This is the woman, my lord, the king, and this is her son whom Elisha restored to life. Verse 6, The king asked the woman about it, and she, she told him, she told the king, then he assigned an official to her case and said to him, Give back everything that belonged to her, including all the income from her land and, and from the day she left the country until now. So what do we learn from this? There is a blessing in obedience. Okay? You want to be blessed? Okay? Obedience. The woman obeyed the word of the Lord. So even though he left home, even though he left her property, okay, uh, for seven years, when, he, when she returned, okay, it was given back to her plus, okay, whatever income, <laughs> you know, I believe uh, for seven years was counted and was given to her also as a bonus, so you see how God will bless people who are obedient to His word. The you know the the, the other story is that uh, the king was uh, did a stupid thing to blame uh, Elisha the prophet for what's going on. You know, time will come will when uh, where Christians will be blamed for what's gonna happen to the world. Where we know, where, well, we know the truth that Christians will, there will come a time that Christians will not submit to the government of the beast. 
Okay, because it's it's the government of the Antichrist, and we we're not uh, submitted. We're not submitting <laughs> to the rule of the devil. Okay, we're not submitting to the rule of uh, the puppet of uh, the enemy of God. So remember this: the other gods, they are forever enemies with the God of Israel. So if your God is not the God of Israel, and so your God is an enemy of the God of Israel. Very simple. Okay? Because the God of Israel is the real God. And He's calling you to Him through the Lord Jesus Christ. If you want to have relationship with the God of Israel, you need to recognize Yeshua HaMashiach or the Lord Jesus Christ who died in the cross. And on the, He was buried and on the third day He rose from the dead. Okay? He became our sin offering. He was our sin offering. He was sent to represent man to die for our sins. Okay? So that in Him, if you give your life to Jesus, your sins are covered. Your sins are also paid for. Your sins are also forgiven. Because you uh, willfully submitted under the Lordship of the Lord Jesus Christ. Of the Redeemer. So if you come under the Lordship of, uh, of, of the Redeemer, of the one who paid the price of, of Jesus, then you will be forgiven of your sins. Therefore, and so you will receive eternal life. Okay, so that's the right... Oops, what's ha happening? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> that's the attitude, okay? Remember that. That's the right attitude. Now, okay... <laughs> Um, where are we? That's the last. So you see, uh, so God told his prophets in the past concerning what's coming. It's always like that. It's always like that. Whether uh, there's going to be war or whatever calamities. But in this case, the woman listened. And so they were rescued. They were brought to safety, kept from trouble kept from the consequence of, uh, of the famine. And then when she returned home, everything was restored back to her because there is always a blessing in obedience. Okay, when we obey God, you will be blessed. All right? Now, um, all right, so, um, so you see uh, the important role of prophets in the Old Testament. You see, they don't have a printing press before. They cannot, you know, reproduce uh, a lot of copies of books. And, um, and so, you know, um, that's why prophets are very important. But nowadays, we have this technology. You can read the word. All the words uh, written, recorded, uh, prophecies by the prophets uh, is in in the palm of our hands, uh, we have access. Uh, that is why uh, it's, it's not the same thing anymore. But here's the thing. You are still obliged, okay? Ignorance of the law, ignorance of God's word. The excuses, no one, right? <laughs> it also applies here. So you cannot say, I don't know the word of God. I didn't know. That's why I was living this way. No, 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 no. You have to read it. Even if you, you have not read the word of God, the Lord has put conscience in your heart. Conscience for you to know which is right and wrong. 
So with that, you will also be judged on Judgment Day. But to us who are who live in the city, who are acquainted with all these gadgets, we have access to the Word of God, and we're ignoring the Word of God, it is the same thing with what the king did. He reacted during the crisis, during the trial, the severe trial, and blamed God's representative. Okay? And uh, that is not a good thing. Instead, he should be seeking God. Lord, why? Why, why did you allow this? Why are your ways, uh, been, you know, why is, it hap- why is this all happening? So what can I do? What should I do, Lord, uh, that so you will turn your hands away, I mean, that you will turn things over, that you will relent from all this um, trouble? Um, Lord, uh, help us. You see, that should be the right attitude. Do not ever blame God for anything because God is perfect. God is holy. When He allows things, He is also checking your heart. He is also monitoring your heart. That's why I told you before the election, you know, I would choose a, a candidate who has the mind of Christ because with that, you know, I am assured that the, the governance of the person who has the mind of Christ will always be giving glory to God. Because you know what? If you have the mind of Christ, you will always seek the will of God. It's WWJD. What would Jesus do? Remember Jesus. Remember Jesus. He said, I only do what my father does. Imagine that. I only do what my father does. Meaning to say, he's dependent on God. Now, if you have the mind of Christ, you will do the same. I will only do what my, fa- my father's will, my Lord's will. Because you're under the Lordship of Christ. So remember this. If we have people in position in the government who has this, um, the mind of Christ, okay, you will know if the person has the mind. Not, not all Christians <laughs> are operating with the mind of Christ, I tell you. Because you will, you, you, it's easy to detect. Because uh, you, know, you, you can hear what they say. And if, does not, if it does not coincide with you know, what would Jesus do, the will of God, and, you know, he's depending on his own strength and ability, okay? You will know a person who is uh, dependent on the Lord because he will always tell you that we need wisdom, we need God, we need the Holy Spirit, we need help from him. Apart from him, we can do nothing. Now I know that that person has the mind of Christ, okay? Because that person recognizes apart from Jesus, we can do nothing. Okay, no matter how many elections we will do, I tell you again, apart from God's favor, men can do nothing. It will always be the same thing from the previous and the previous and the previous. It's a cycle. The mind of Christ, remember that, my friends. The mind of Christ. I've learned this after over 30 years in the ministry. Over, after years of counseling people, you know, uh, family counseling, marriage counseling, all sorts of counseling, we realize this. If only people operate with the mind of Christ, they will always resolve their problems with the mind of Christ. The solution to our problems is the mind of Christ. 
if you have that uh, operating system in your heart and in your mind, where the governing script is not yourself, the governing script that is really the core belief in your heart is not yourself, is not the opinions of people, is not what the world says, okay? Uh, but what He says, what God says in His Word, then you are walking with the mind of Christ. Okay? So uh, that's it for today. Let me remind you that uh, uh, we have uh, today in, in, in our time, we have uh, downloadable Bible apps. Okay? If you're using Android, a lot of free stuff, different Bible versions that you can download. Uh, so read through the through the Word of God, okay? Uh, use your phone, your tab, your, your computer, whatever have you, uh, because it's really accessible, and um, we don't have any excuse before God that we did not, we're not, I mean, that we did not know His will, okay? Or His ways, or what's coming. We have to understand that... Um, Prophecy. Prophecy will come to pass. And no one, I mean, especially unconditional prophecies, they will come to pass. No one can stop it because it's part of the program. Okay? And for the same reason, uh, this is the same reason why we did a series on the two opposing kingdoms. Okay? The two opposing kingdoms. We did the series on that. Also, a revelation series entitled The End Game Story. Okay, or the end game story of God. The last, uh, the last days. What's that? Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, so check out our series on the last days at uh, last year. Okay, it was last year, 2021? 2020. Ah, 2020. All right. <laughs> uh, of course, uh, very important because after you listening to the two opposing kingdoms and the end game story of God, there's another thing that I want you to really watch and uh, take it seriously. This is our series on loyalty in the Bible. You know what? You should watch it. Loyalty in the Bible. We have a series on loyalty in the Bible. So please uh, take note of that. And now we're doing famines in the Bible. <laughs> Because all these teachings, okay, are geared to help you. All these teachings are geared geared to prepare you for future events. Okay, so future events, what's that? Okay, again, we're basing it on prophecies, end-time prophecies. And if you're not familiar with end-time prophecies, it's time for you to read the Bible, okay? Um and I hope that you do not treat prophecy with contempt, with disrespect. Because you know what? That is God's word. It's like you going against Elisha, the prophet. No, I mean, my point is the same thing that the king did. Okay? He blamed the prophet for what, what's happening around him. Anyway, um, so again, uh, please watch those uh, series. A lot of what's that series says <laughs> those uh, uh, topics that we mentioned, uh, uh, episodes, uh, teachings, 
okay, that we mentioned for your sake, for your children's sake, and for your children's children's sake. Because it is, those are uh, essential uh, teachings in the Bible that we can pass down the line, you know, from generation to generation, so that they will not be surprised and they know how to respond, to react. And, you know, they are prepared ahead of time. Okay, so that's it for today. I hope you're blessed. Be like the widow or the woman. She obeyed God. So she was rescued from all the trouble in their land. And when she returned, she got back everything that she, she had, okay, that she owned, that belonged to her, plus the bonus of whatever earning okay or profit that you know uh, could uh, the land generate okay for seven years that she was not there <laughs> that she, she didn't till the land but you know uh, the king said give it to her it's amazing right obey god don't be like the the king who reacts okay who who blames god for what's happening to his country but instead, if you're facing trials of many kind, what do you do? Seek God. Repent. Ask God, Lord, what have I done? What should I do? What can I do to turn things around? Lord, what should I do to, to, to solve the trials, trials that we're facing? So that's the right attitude. Respect God. Okay? Respect God. Um, and then also, of course, love the Lord your God with all your heart. Etc. Et okay, so last thing, never uh, worry. Okay, if you are on God's side, you, there's no reason to be anxious about because, like the prophets, okay, life goes on. <laughs> the usual thing, they believe God can provide, and God did not just that, but He multiplied their food. <laughs> okay, so that's it. Uh, let's pray. Father in heaven, we're so thankful that uh, you are multiplying everything that you have entrusted us so that we can be a blessing to more people. Continue to use our lives to impact more people, more lives, so that they can bless other people also and that your name will be known throughout the world. So use us as your mouthpiece Use us as your uh, ambassadors uh, to reconcile the world back to you through the Lord Jesus Christ. I pray, Lord, that people will understand that there's only one true God. There's only one God, the living God, who will always be the same forever and ever. And, is, uh, and, and the, all other gods, you know, uh, are, are not gods at all. In fact... Other gods are the enemy of the living God. And so, Father, my prayer is that your people will choose you, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, because there's only one you. <laughs> there's nothing like you. Let your name be glorified. Let your name be glorified. Yahushua HaMashiach, you are the Savior. So thank you for blessing us. And now the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord makes His face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up the light of His countenance upon you and 
give you His peace. May the grace, the favor of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion, the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with all of us. And all of God's people say, Hallelujah. So God bless you everyone. Thank you for joining us. I hope you, you will join us again next week for uh, the next uh, uh, episode on famines in the Bible. It's good to study about famines in the Bible. You know, from the very first part of this series, I believe if you're following us, you uh, have ideas on how to prepare, what to prepare first, and what to, you know, what to seek from God, okay? What to pray about. So I'm not going to discuss that. It's up to you, okay, to review our teaching on famines in the Bible, part one. Begin with part one, okay? So God bless you, everyone. That's it for today's episode. Thank you for joining us. Keep in touch with us via Facebook by going to facebook.com slash mfcdvo or search for Maranatha Family Church Davao on Facebook, where we also stream our church services. Again, that's facebook.com slash mfcdvo. God bless.